See, now I'm wondering what it was that drove us to get together and and start a podcast. <laughs> we just are we just three <laughs> who looked around and they're like, "What are these other idiots doing? We need to tell them how to do this right." <laughs> You are listening to PHP Ugly, episode 26, recorded September 1st, 2016. On this episode, Eric discusses his adoption of a new editor, Adam I.O. John expresses excitement over client's acceptance of HA Proxy and Let's Encrypt. Thomas talks about his woes with Iron.io. And in the news, we discuss the Status Composer package, our mention on PHP Developer, the latest on an old Dropbox hack, we try to end our dabbling in the fig drama, and so much more. Let's get started. Hey, John. Eric. Hey. What's going on? It's, has it been a whole week? It's been a no, whole it hasn't. week. We did Friday last week. Oh, six, six days. <laughs> See, ask the trick question right off the bat. It just His intention is to screw us up. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. Oh. Jeez. Has it really been a whole week already? Yeah, I think it has. Well, Wrong. It hasn't. Well, see, the important part is it's been a week, and within that week, Jesus. my kid started sleeping in his crib. Is he on He's the upside ceiling? Down. Is, he a, is he a bat? Yeah. <laughs> bat kid. There's, there's Eric's dream right there. Just, holy shit, man. I don't know what happened, but my kid's Batman. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, no, but that'd mean you were dead. Thomas, ask, ask John, what's the first thing about Oh my gosh, here? I got this crate of a ton of Batman onesies. They're awesome. <laughs> it was like every onesie he could find. Like I think he scoured the web and just piled it all into this box. It was huge. You know, oddly enough, uh, if you have a bookmark folder, you can middle click on it and it'll just open up all of the bookmarks at once. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure he just did that on his Batman onesies folder. He he already had one set up. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it was pretty satisfying finally finally processing that order on Amazon. It's been sitting in my wish list for way too long. So, He's like, yeah. I guess I'm not gonna have any more kids. I'll get it for John. And then when you announced you were having a kid, he thought, Oh, that's much better. John can't wear these onesies anyways. <laughs> Boy, so Who's had a uh, who's had a good last six days? If we're gonna be pedantic about it, not me. I drove back in from Arizona this morning from Scottsdale, Arizona. I was out there at a um, client's conference, so a conference that our client had asked us to attend, and uh, it was one of those that just way out of our depth. <laughs> really, <laughs> our, it, our, it wasn't a yeah, tech our, conference. No, it wasn't. In the aspect of the conference that our client participates in it was a very small slither of what this conference was about this, this conference was really about uh law enforcement it, it's uh, this this law enforcement database processing system workflow service and we have a client that that utilizes a very small piece of it but this conference was heavy on law enforcement tracking of child molesters uh just uh, terrorist watch stuff i mean all this like really crazy hardcore security it, processes data it sounds like you just bailed out a client are you speaking in code saying that you your client got arrested and you had to go bail him out <laughs> no no our, our client is involved with, with law enforcement see, there's to, that to code again. They, they use their system to find people like you We'll leave it. I don't know what that. Means. I have no Thomas. clue what that means. You, you, Thomas. <laughs> no clue what that Where's means. That? John, John wasn't very clear there. Thomas, he was speaking about you. Where's the sound effects? Where's that? Should we just throw crickets in there? We'll, we'll find uh... them. I'm sure they're there somewhere. What about you guys? What are you guys been working on? I know that I dabbled in Let's Encrypt before, and I had the the pleasure yesterday of getting a fully automated system with HA Proxy and let's encrypt where i can do automated certs and i'm just ecstatic about it got Very that cool. up and running cool. have a i don't know if we've ever talked about how we have quite a few clients that put us on retainer so that's kind of what we do we, we try to segment most of our developers into a client or two that they they work on so one of the ones that i work most of my time on is the one i talk about on this podcast a lot so 
having being able to get this piece in place was just incredible. I've been working on it for a while. I think I've had the HA proxy and a series or a, a few uh, web servers behind that set up now for probably three months. Not in production yet. They're obviously very scared to take that step. And today was kind of the first step in that. So I got a new system set up on it. I got uh, Let's Encrypt set up to work on it. And they're actually pushing forward. So I'm so happy about this. For people who may be listening who aren't familiar with HA Proxy, do you want to explain what that piece yeah, does? Yeah, it's literally just a TCP proxy. It sits there in front of whatever web server you're using, whether it's Apache, Nginx, uh, what, Lite, HTTP, anything. Actually, it doesn't even have to be a web server. It could be MySQL or any other TCP service. It takes connections in and passes it to a backend or multiple backends somewhere else on another server. So it's like a round robining system, or right. So the benefit to it is it's it's a load balancer. It allows you to switch out your web servers in the backend without coming down. So you can actually bring up new web servers, start pointing the HA proxy over to it. It's a load balancer, though. Uh, yeah, it can be round robin or it can be sticky. I think you. It can do it based on uh, where it remembers, okay, you came in, you went to server one, so every time you make a request, you're now going to go to server one. Everything I've read said, unless you have to, don't do that. Just keep it on round robin, so that's what we're doing. And then, of course, Let's Encrypt is the free, not SSL. TLS. TLS, yeah. TLS service that allows you to have certificates on... On websites yeah, now. Which is another thing that this client is ecstatic about. So they're currently failing on their current web server. So I put a new certificate on here. And we failed right away because I didn't have it tuned properly. Today I got it all set up. And now they're getting an A plus pass on SSLlabs.com. So they're ecstatic. I'm nice. so happy. Nice. I mean, just can't wait to actually get live traffic on this system. Yeah, people really Very love those cool. those ranking tools. Yeah, you talking about SSL Labs or what ranking tools are you talking about? Like all the all the SEO tools that produce just a, a number that says you know five stars or thumbs up or all that stuff. I clients just just yeah, go nuts is, over this that. This isn't so stuff. much SEO. This isn't really this is about SSL or TLS now. Just making right. sure. So no, I know. So for those that don't use SSL Labs, go check it out. SSLLabs.com. Put your domain in there, and basically. It's going to give you a ranking or a grade A to F based on what your server is currently running. So if you're vulnerable to the Poodle attack or any of the other known vulnerabilities, your grade is going to come down. So it helps you make sure that your web server is set to the latest standards, I guess, for lack of a better term. I've been writing a whole rewrite of our system here and uh, ran into a fun problem with iron.io where we're running a system that is using their version 2 queues and they've decided that the version 3 queue upgrade is mandatory and have shut us out and so now our queues are just failing and we're trying to get things together but the package doesn't want to work with Laravel 4.2 so they didn't tell you ahead of time that version 2 was going away they just not as far down. as I know yeah it's, it's that's what I'm hearing that's what I'm being told so sudden important <laughs> you know dramatic change required and have to go in and fix everything immediately it's funny because i mean it's, it's just a queuing system right it's, yeah how, how how much can it possibly change and as i as somebody that that runs an api service you very rarely want to just kill your previous version unless you have to yeah i know uh, it, the whole thing is completely baffling to me um you know they their newer version has has some interesting features that are that are helpful if you're writing a queuing system, but if you're just using a queuing system, it doesn't really do a whole lot for you. Yeah, and their previous version really be so broken at this point that they had to just kill it. You would think they would yeah. have some way to run both side by side, you know, sunset version two and say, hey, you have until X date, and even after that date, 
they they can yeah i mean if we're if we're queuing ten thousand items a day and paying the money for it why would they shut us out all of a sudden we, i don't know without some sort of manual communication a phone call saying hey by the way did you know we we sunsetted this like last week and you're still using it <laughs> yeah but you know i'm the i'm working for a company that's you know enterprise scale we're pretty big and uh actually figuring out who to make that phone call to and making sure that it travels down the line can be difficult. Yeah, that's the whole thing about companies that size. Is they very well could have been sending out emails or notifications. Yeah. Just let's go into that's, the right That's even more important. Person. They should have, when you have a company that big as a client of yours, if you don't have a point person, before you screw them up, you need to find that point person. <laughs> you don't just shut them off. Yeah. I would be... As that company, you get pissed off and you find a competitor. Yeah. I mean, Iron IO is not the only game in town for queuing services. I mean, think of it this way. You you have to switch out your queuing solution now regardless. Even if you stay with Iron IO, you've got, you've got to switch out your drivers and stuff. Maybe now is the time you take the opportunity to find somebody. That won't shut you off when who... you go to version 4. <laughs> <laughs> Or you st- you stay with version four? I mean, that that's the real problem, right? You're, you're you've stayed behind on a Laravel four point two version. It sounds like, and they've kind of set set their their drivers for that. Yeah, but that's my point. They they went to version three. When they go to version four, they got to screw them again. You might as well find somebody else at this point. Right, right. Yeah, there are solutions out there. Good luck with that, Thomas. <laughs> Thank you. You know, maybe they saw what kind of business we were in and just decided, oh, these guys like getting screwed. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Eric? Or did you have you already told us? I, I he was at a conference all week. <laughs> Not listening. He doesn't listen to the recorded podcast. He doesn't listen when it's live either. Bailing out clients, that whole thing. <laughs> I, I did start... So I came to the realization this week that I, I think John and I have alluded to in the past, and I've kind of solidified it this week with myself, is that Vim to me is no longer an editor. Vim to me is now a workflow. A lifestyle? And yeah. So I I am perfectly fine moving on to other editors as long as I'm able to implement my Vim work. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I started, I started playing with another editor this week that I, I've been really wanting to embrace for a long time now. And I haven't, haven't done it. And I'm doing it this time with a purpose. I started working my Vim workflow into the Atom editor. So Ooh. Atom.io is where this editor is at. That's GitHub's editor, right? Exactly. It's free. It's open source. Um, it's very powerful. If, if you're a if you're a Sublime user, you'll be familiar with Atom. It's very very similar to Sublime, and I'm enjoying it a lot. And the reason I'm doing this because you know we're professionals. We have professional tools. Mm-hmm. We will pay for uh, PHP Storm, but I'm constantly um, when I'm in the community, doing user groups, whether it be a Laravel user group or a PHP user group, there's always people who just can't afford PHP Storm. It's not a lot to us, but again, we make money off of it. And to some people, that licensing fee is not something they're willing to dish out for their little side project that they work on right. every couple months. So I really have wanted to, to start to put together other solutions that... I could share with them. And historically, it had always been NetBeans because I, I remember back in the day using NetBeans and it being very similar to PHP Storm. But the reality of it, I haven't used NetBeans and I couldn't even tell you how long. So I started, and, and NetBeans is open source as well, but I really wanted to give Adam IO a crack. And I probably spent a good portion of my weekend this weekend getting it all dialed in getting plugins going back over to php storm seeing some functionality and saying okay well, how do i get this working in atom io and i gotta be honest i i'm very happy with where it's at I, you know we're professionals i'll probably continue to use php storm but for these quick edits for these small projects i'm getting very comfortable firing up atom now and using it not only have i gotten 
the functionality similar to PHP Storm, but I've actually gotten the functionality pretty close to my very tweaked out Vim install that we used to make fun of, where I have nerd tree functionality for navigating the file system. We still make fun but, of it. Absolutely. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, I think what I, what I like to do is put together a blog post for PHP developers who want to use Atom, you know, show exactly what plugins I'm using, how I'm using them, how it's similar to PHP Storm. Sure. And the good thing about it is I feel very confident that I have a solution when we're at these user groups and somebody says, hey, you know, what can I use to, to help help me do some development? You know, one thing I have noticed, and tell me if you guys feel this, because it might, it might just be me. I noticed it again when I started dialing in Adam this weekend. I've noticed it before when I've gone back to my Vim configuration for some development. I seriously think PHP Storm makes me a weaker developer. Really? Why is that? Like, I find myself where I've become very dependent on the strengths of PHP Storm. So I'll sit there and I'll code up a class and, uh, you know, I'll start using Carbon in the class and I'll forget to include it with a use statement at the top. And it's just little things like that where PHP Storm is great because it, it handles it for me so transparently that I forget it's even doing it. But when I get back to a real editor, I realize... Real, real editor. <laughs> PHP is not a real editor. Boy, Vim's, Vim's getting racist now. Is... <laughs> PHP Storm is an IDE. Uh, when I get to a normal, uh, just a plain editor, put it to you like that, um, I just feel like it's like, you know, there's the finer details that I've stopped concerning myself with when I'm coding in Storm and PHP Storm because Storm handles it for me that when I get to just a plain editor, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a weaker developer. Well, and it, it bothers me. I'll, I'll give you that. But here's a question. If your contractor who's remodeling your house is using a nail gun, are you going to get on his case about not using a plain old hammer and nails? It would concern me if he went to pick up a plain old hammer and nails and started banging his finger in <laughs> the wall or something. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would raise like my antennas a little bit. It's just been forever, yeah. man. I don't <laughs> I don't know how to hammer. I just don't don't know. Okay, well that does point to a fundamental problem somewhere else. I'm I'm just saying I think PHP Storm catches a lot of things before they become what I would call incredibly difficult to find edge case bugs. It's not even catching like it's trying to protect you. It's trying to make you more efficient. It's like, you probably would know to put this use statement up here, but we'll put it there for you so you don't have to deal with it. Well, sure. That's, I mean, that's just a time saver, but I, I, I often see a variable with a yellow underline and I look at it and I go, well, what, what is that there for? I hover over it and it says using a variable which might not be properly declared because of previous if statement. I'm like, oh yeah. If if I had not tested this on every use case, there there's a use case where that variable wouldn't have been set and the page would have crashed. So I, I understand what you're saying, but I can tell you that an editor that doesn't point out stuff like that is gonna lead to more small bugs that can really bite you that you know just it didn't catch and for again you. going back to the client i always talk about the majority of the developers they use use vim on a remote server and i open the code in php storm often and open a pull request fixing those types of issues like variable not previously defined and you open a pull request and you're like this this variable wasn't defined i'm fixing this for you well, how do I test this? I don't know. It was obviously broken because the variable wasn't defined. <laughs> so because they're not using a smart IDE, that it's easy to make those mistakes. So while you feel like it makes you a weaker developer, there are so many scenarios where it makes me stronger. I, You find things that you would not have noticed otherwise. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't be using php storm i mean obviously i use it every day it's it's like one of these uh you know you're rocky balboa right every now and then you've got to go and just start hitting these big slabs of meat 
and just remind yourself that you're a good PHP developer. And, and I get concerned that I get too, I start to use it too much as a crutch. Like, sure, I can you know, I that. just, but, but, uh, I just want to keep make in sure. mind, like with the scenario you talked about, the use statement isn't required. You don't have to have that. That, that, but that's an example, yeah. right? I mean, I, I think, you know, I think what, uh, what, uh, Thomas pointed out might even been a better example when you start to get these little squiggly lines, you know, even in Vim, well, I mean, Vim would catch syntax error, but you know, you, you have, uh, in PHP storm where it'll gray out a variable that's not being used anywhere. Right. And you know, that's handy to have, but I just feel like I'm, that's not something I should depend on the editor to do. Like I should be a good enough developer where that nope. doesn't, that nobody's doesn't, that good. Nobody's that good. It's so it's so easy. You, you get in the the mode of you're going to write code. You're probably refactoring it because very few people take the time to architect their code. You you have a uh, thought in your head. You're like, let me bang this out. You're going to code and you're going to change it as you're going. There's so many times where I'll write 10, 15 lines and like I scrap three quarters of it and I keep going and I'll have something defined before that I no longer need. So. The fact that the ID yeah. says, hey, you don't need this? Like, oh, thank you. I forgot about that. Let me go get rid of it. Well, and even Jeffrey Way, you know, during the Laracast videos, every once in a while, you'll you'll catch him pull up a page that throws a whoops error. He goes, I forgot something. And that's even with, you know, his preferred editor with all the bells and whistles turned on, trying to do a presentation that he's practiced and recorded. Everyone's going to make mistakes. I just prefer my IDE catch them for me before I catch them on a lint test or something. But yeah, I, I do just, get your point. Just my thoughts. There are, yeah, just my thoughts. There are some some classes, like when I'm writing test cases, I don't use any tools to help me write my test cases. I make sure yeah. that I'm writing it completely by hand, and that's that's my little practice session to keep myself clean, fresh. Yeah. So I'm hoping if I say it here in the podcast, I'll actually do it. But look for a blog post from me in the near future on configuring Atom.io for a PHP I actually developer. want to see that. I would love to see your comparison possibly between that and, and PHP Storm. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know you were that and of course, it, so. I have a I have a lot of... I mean, I, and again, I have my Vim workflow pretty well defined in it there's a couple things i haven't been able to do that i i tweeted about one of them this this week which is in all my other vim workflows i have mapped uh when i'm in insert mode i map jj to kick me back into normal mode and i've been able to do it on all my editors including php storm but i haven't been able to figure out how to do it in atomio but short of that, I've gotten a lot of uh, my Vim workflow in Atom.io. So, moving on. I got a question for you guys. What is that? Yes, sir. Yeah, this is a touchy subject. But I'm going to I'm gonna bring it up because this is where we talk. This is a safe place. I was wondering why you weren't wearing pants. <laughs> I, I, I had a conversation with a friend this week. And, you have um, friends? A friend. <laughs> I have a friend. And it, it was about a sensitive subject that I know I've addressed in the past. I know on certain levels, John and I have discussed uh, in the past. And I'm just curious about everybody's input on this. So this friend of mine had somebody working with him. And the person working with him was very talented, very smart, uh, had a lot of skills. I mean, he's he's leveled up. He's very good at his job. The problem is, is he knows he's very good at it. He's very arrogant about it. Sort of a bully. Kind of one of these, you know, this company can't function without me mentalities. Ugh. You know. But, again, his skill sets are on point. I mean, he, he is, he's just as good as he thinks so, he is. So, with Thomas's sound effect, was your friend talking about Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Well, Lizzie. you know, I, 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 I needed a way to talk to you about this, Thomas. No, no, of course it wasn't you, Thomas. But we've all had these people. Like, we've worked with these people right. who are arrogant as hell. Well, that's, that's a good dicks. question, though. Is that, could it be me? No. Like, would I, would I not? But, no, no, but would I know? 
what if I was an arrogant person, which that that I know I am, but I try to I try to reel it in. You know, I I've been made aware that I'm an arrogant person, and I've tried to not be a dick to people. But there's a certain point where your personality is incorrectable it's the it's the person you are jesus christ is not you you big baby stop no no but i mean this i'm 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 saying this i i feel for the person who can't get along with other people because he feels like he's the the superior of the group or whatever you honestly feel like you you felt that way before i have i have been in that situation where i've worked with people are you feeling that way right now no no (laughs) But I've worked with people where I th- I looked around and I was like, these people are clowns. They have no idea what they're doing. I need to stop them from hurting themselves. Well, this is interesting. This is taking a turn I did not expect. It, it happens a lot with security-oriented stuff, where people are like, oh, you know, that, that field doesn't need to be CRS, CSRF verified. And I'm just like, no, like, these are your clients. You can't screw them. You're not allowed to. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I don't know where to go with this. Well, okay. Tom, uh, no, John, you, John, help uh, me out. Here. <laughs> Let's bring it back to what you were saying. Bring it back to your friends. Yes. Let's not turn this podcast get, into an intervention. I'm going to try and dig Thomas out of this one here. <laughs> so, John, I know you and I have had very specific conversations Thomas. about you know people. <laughs> He says, he says, let's reel it back into what you were talking about, and then interrupts you to say, Thomas. You know, about people that, you know, we were wondering if they would be a fit for the organization, and, and we've had concerns about, you know, their how well they would gel with the group, mainly these sort of scenarios. I mean, have you worked with people like this in the past, and how do you go about dealing with this? Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I, no, I haven't had to deal with anybody that I worked with personally that's had such an ego that I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I, I knew I'm, a ma- I'm probably a that kid. person, I guess, if, if, if I haven't dealt with it. <laughs> if there are no assholes in the room, you're the asshole. See, now I'm wondering what it was that drove us to get together and, and start a podcast. <laughs> we just, are we just three assholes who looked around and they're like, what are these other idiots doing? We need to tell them how to do this right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, I can't wait till after this PHP episode. PHP, PHP assholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to your story. Yeah, so you're, you're talking about a workplace culture and how important that is. And I think I, I, think I know the direction you're actually headed, which is that if, if someone asks you, hey, is this person a good programmer, do you just say yes? Or do you say yes, but do you know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah. So if you're going that route, it's not so much the personalities, like being a, a, a jerk or, you know, thinking they're, they're too good for the room, but I've had that, that experience where a person didn't gel with the group and I've had to let people go over that. And that that's never easy, especially when they're a nice person. <laughs> I haven't, haven't had the, the issue of, Somebody that was arrogant, I guess. How do you do that, though? How do you fire someone and they say, well, was it a performance issue? And you say, no, it's just no one likes you. <laughs> like, you were you were doing really well. And then everyone was just like, that guy sucks. I don't know, Tom. You, you can let us know next week. Buddy. <laughs> I, I got to say, I, I haven't, I've only had to let somebody go once. And it was 12, 14 years ago at this point. And I actually got a call from an employer yesterday or this week saying, hey, so-and-so put you down as a reference. I'm like, I haven't worked with this guy in 12 years. I I thought that's what we were talking about. I thought that was the... Well, that's what I figured out as you were talking. I don't think that's where Eric was going. Not exactly. I've I've derailed things quite well. You did. I I worked with you on that, but... (laughs) And I, I don't think we've got a, co- a cohesive uh, answer we, we here not. yet. So, so continue your I'm story. I'm a little disappointed in you guys. No, I mean, that's the story. I mean, you know, essentially what I told him was, assuming you're in a position where you have some say over that person's career path, you've got hard questions you have to ask. You know, is his value to the organization worth any personal issues that this guy has with the people that work around him. Yeah. 
my my number one rule to them is as general rule of thumb we try not to bring those type of uh conflicts into the group because once they get in they could be difficult to extract yeah but you know end of day and this was really the thing i told uh my buddy was you know, end of day, everybody's replaceable. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care how good you're at a job. Everybody's replaceable. And as long as you're willing to replace them, I mean, sometimes that's all that's needed, that, that fear of God put into somebody to realize, okay, I've got to adjust my attitude. But at the same time, you've got to be willing for them to say, you know what, screw you guys. You guys can't do this without me. Yeah. And, you know, that's... That's actually a very it's a very common problem with uh, system administrators. There's there's a whole field of of work that just helps replace well, it, system admins. And it's funny when I first got into the IT world, I really didn't understand open source back then. But I had this desire to to share knowledge. And I wanted to tell people how I did things. I wanted people to explain to me how they did things and I realized that there's a whole culture of people out there and sysadmins seem to be like top of that list where, no, they're not going to tell you how they do it because that's their job security. Yeah. They have their job because they know how to do this and nobody else knows how to do it. And it's that secret sauce that keeps them yeah, employed. Yeah, yeah. Trade, and trade secrets. Yeah, and they protected that stuff oh, I mean, yeah. to the bitter the, end. Back in, so back when I was in college, so my first full-time job just thereafter in going wow show my age back in 98 i worked on a database system called qa q and was just about to graduate high school back then yeah see i was graduating college so they were an alert not many people knew this database system at the time i i came in helped them kind of revamp everything they were working on all their reports and they were, they kept telling me stories about how the person before me just refused to show them how to do anything and my my approach has always been, if I show you how to do this part, it makes you wonder what else I can do. So, one, right. it, it offloads my stress. If you're able to create a report that I don't have to create, great. And, again, showing you that benefit. Also, reports are the worst. Yeah. Well, that's that's an example. But anything I could show somebody else how to do... If they are above me and they really don't understand anything, all they're going to take away from that is, okay, they're showing me how to do this. They, they can do so much more. It wasn't so much a job security thing as much as it was helping them succeed to want to keep me around. Yeah, right. You definitely see more of as an asset in that position where it's like, okay, we have John. John John will explain it to us. You know, he'll He'll show us how to do it. And, so yeah, it's I I, of, I often think back to that when I, I I go through these little spills where you know I'm getting tired of doing the user group thing and organizing talks and and I always go back to how difficult of a time I had when I was trying to learn this stuff and it kind of kind of motivates me to kind of keep doing this because I feel like I'm yeah, I'm opening up an avenue for for people who want to kind of get into the industry or, or learn more because i know when i when i did it, it was it was tough it was like you're reading through books and you know not not everybody wanted to talk to you and explain things to you and it was it was a struggle speaking of of meetups the north county san diego php meetup is coming to an end no is it yes. is it coming to an end it is it is for the time being at least coming to an end there's a couple big things Business.com, where we've hosted the meetup for four or five years now. Uh, they've they've hosted us, provided food and beverages and space, and they have been absolutely fantastic. And not too long ago, they were purchased by a company named Perch. So some small changes have been coming through, but Perch is moving them to a remote-only workspace. Uh, so they will no longer be able to provide the office location for us. And on top of that, I am going to be moving. So you got, You're just compounding the problem, aren't I you? I am. I make everything worse. I will be so, heading to Colorado Springs. We have, we have two parts to this, then. 
All right, number one, business.com, who we've been so appreciative of their support, their hosting, and fun fact, business.com, Robert was one of the, the, the owner of the sdphp.com domain. Oh, I'm org. sorry, yeah, sdphp.org domain. Yeah, Robert has done he, so much for for us and for the PHP community, and we, we really can't he's be a great thankful guy. enough. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate to see they're going they're going away, and of course I was going to give you a hard time and say, well now you got to step up and find a new host. But <laughs> yeah. then Miss Mr. Gorophobe here, Mr. I don't go three blocks from my house, decides, well I'm going to move to Colorado. Yeah, you know I'm I'm sure we'll discuss why I'm moving in a future episode. Um, you're moving because pot's legal there. That's why you're moving. Why does everybody jump right to that conclusion? Wait, I did no, too. No. You know, no, I, I said the same right. thing. I did. Yeah, that's it's. A, Am I right? It's ninety percent. Was that a factor? Sure. Oh yeah. Was that a factor? Uh, really? No, <laughs> no, no. I'm moving there. I'm moving there for financial reasons, for personal growth. You know, I, I we have a whole topic about it. I'm sure we'll want to discuss. But it's coming down the line. We're looking at December ish. So yeah, this will be my this will be my big goodbye to SDPHP. Yeah. At this meetup. Unfortunately. Yeah, so it, it's not necessarily the end, though. I mean, if if we happen to find somebody else who wants to take up the helm, find a new location, we'll help with the organization, we'll help find presenters. So it doesn't necessarily need to be the absolute end of SDPHP North County, but it is looking pretty bleak. It's sounding like the start of Colorado Springs PHP. <laughs> Absolutely. A thing which exists and yet has no meetup scheduled or past. So I will once once I'm settled down there, I will try to be getting our sister meetup going, so that we can we can collaborate, do remote presentations. Man, we've got to talk about the uh, San Diego Laravel user group too. Man. I know. Yeah, it's it's Pr- promises were made. I'll be there for you, buddy. I'll help you, buddy. What happened? Yeah, look at you. So you guys realize we're 30 to 40 minutes into this thing and we haven't covered one topic. I was say, I would say gentlemen, we're we're pretty deep into our little <laughs> podcast yet and ha- haven't talked about any news. Are, are there any news topics we want to we want to fire well, through? I, I, Last week I was talking about deploying systems with the vendor directory included. Do you remember this yes. conversation? Yes. I still I still don't believe you. Today. Uh, yes. Today there was a fantastic article about using a system called Stasis to essentially clone everything that a a composer JSON needs into a local system, a local web server that will host it all with a slight tweak of your composer JSON file. So you basically give it a JSON file, a composer JSON, it builds up a web server that downloads everything and then starts hosting it and then you just add that web server's IP as a repository, and now everything is pulling from your downloaded offline backup of your library of your packages. Yeah, so, so Stasis um, isn't new, right? No, right. but it's a, it's a really great article that breaks down why you would want to do this, how you would do it, and it it even goes as far as to have troubleshooting steps for if you can't get it to work. On Windows, then here's a you know homestead change you might need to check out or uh, a Wi-Fi extender issue. So it's a great article, and I, I really will be implementing this at some point soon for some of my testing systems where I have to rebuild all the time. And it's funny we're sitting here calling it Stasis, and it's Satis, S-A-T-I-S. Satis. They should rename oh, it to that's... Stasis because that makes more sense. It does. I said that that's not what was in the uh, right. <laughs> I realize that as I'm looking through here, and I know I've seen this before. I just haven't implemented it. Oh yeah, status, status, status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But stasis yeah, makes more sense. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll have that link up in the show notes. It's a great article, and uh, I recommend people check it out because it backs up my position from last week. <laughs> sort of, S- sort of, sort of, really. kind of, but not really. <laughs> You had something to say before I interrupted you, John? I was going to talk about the fact that we spend almost every episode talking about how we have two or three listeners. And 
Oh. We, we had something fun happen last week, or was it the week before, where we got quite a few new listeners. Yeah, fun and terrifying. All, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So It's funny when your listenership just goes from, you know, 30 or 40 to 160 overnight. Yeah. So we were mentioned on phpdeveloper.org, which is maintained by Chris Cornett, who is a fantastic guy. And my memory of him, I've met him a few times at PHP Tech. And when I gave my security talk, uh, what was that, 2013-ish at Tech? 2012? Sounds Somewhere right. in there. I talked to him afterwards, and he made me feel like a fool. <laughs> he, he attended my talk. and Super nice guy. He, he Just he, put me to shame. <laughs> Just terrible shame. He, he is in... I made the stupid mistake. I I try not to use the dollar underscore request global variable. You know, granted with with modern frameworks, they they package that into some sort of request object for you. But when you're sure. when you're handling the 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 request yourself, you should be using get or post. And in my example code, I was using underscore request. And I asked him afterwards about the talk and he said oh it was really good except this you shouldn't be doing that i'm like oh you're right <laughs> i felt so silly you shouldn't have been wearing the vr goggles the whole time either it was weird <laughs> uh, that, that's what i do so when yeah, i'm out P- P- php developers mentioned us phil surgeons actually tweeted that he was listening to one of the shows so, so we so... we've grown exponentially. We went from two listeners to like seven listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we probably won't talk about the PHP fig for a while because <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty clear. We have no idea what we're saying. Yeah. Well, you know, one of our rules no. is no politics here, and what's going this on. What's going on with the fig is a lot of politics. Um, Except now the people on the other side are like, why aren't you covering our position? You cover the other side so well. Right. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing I wanted to bring out is I, th- I think uh, Thomas had captured it best. And unfortunately, he had captured it you know, when we we're having a conversation in Slack and not on a show or a tweet or anything. But, you know, he said that something that's important for them to understand is this is how it's being represented to developers on the outside. Like, we're not following everybody's, you know, word by word, line by line positions on this. We are PHP developers who care about this, and this is what we see from the outside. This is our view of it. So it's important for you guys to understand, when I say you guys, I mean Fig, to understand that this bickering, this conversation you're having back and forth, how it's being represented on the outside. Sure, you have people that Phil Sur- like Phil Sturgis can come in and say, Listen, you guys don't understand this piece of it, or you don't understand the whole story because of this. And he may be correct, but that's not really the point. The point is, you know, this is how the general public is viewing it. Right. The general development public there's, is viewing it. There's no fig blog written by a mm-hmm. neutral third party. All we're reading are a people's opinions as they happen, which it, it can be tough to parse through in a in a group that has as much discussion going on as it does because they they yeah i try to follow some of the google groups conversation and it can be just tough a lot of entries that just have plus one it's like i don't know when silex framework says plus one what they're saying necessarily or or whatever you know whatever it is so i think we've tried to cover all the positions that we're aware of as well as we can and I think we've expressed our opinions quite well, but I don't want to stay involved in the politics of it too much. Yeah, it's hard, especially when you've met some of the people face to face. Like Paulum Jones, I think, is a great guy. Met him again at PHP Tech, and he brought up on his blog the the two standpoints of the the people that want to keep it framework centric, or there's a, the new group wanting to make it all about the PHP community, and the fact is, the PHP community is looking to these PSRs and trying to implement them in their own projects, even though they're not part of any sort of framework. So, yeah. so we'll see where it goes, and we'll we'll still cover news and stuff, but I think we're going to shy away from 
drama related stuff. Note to self: remove this PHP Fig 3.0 from our Trello board. <laughs> <laughs> Delete this. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mind talking about it, and I don't mind people calling us out about it. It's, it's perfectly fine. The, the the I think the issue I have about, about the fig topic, and I'm just contributing to the madness, is that we've just talked about it for so long, and and we're not we're not close enough to it to be subject matter experts on it, where we had should have had that much to say about it. Yeah. All right, I'm moving that over there. We're done with that topic. So. As of this, as of this podcast, I think you said that every podcast for the past four episodes. Oh yeah. Oh, no more news. No more fig news. We got it. It's done. Hey, Eric. Yeah. Have you been pwned? Have hey, you, Thomas. Have you been pwned? Do you do you know what we use quite extensively, even for the the production of this pod, this very podcast? Our voices. That's right, Dropbox. <laughs> Why? What's going on at Dropbox? Well, nothing new. Unfortunately, this hack of uh, Dropbox usernames and passwords is actually quite old. 2012 um, old? Yeah, I guess there was a compromise back in 2012. And I, I kind of remember this back then. But there was a compromise back in 2012 where a bunch of Dropbox username and passwords got taken. And it turns out, apparently, what what are we, four years later, there's still people out there that haven't changed their passwords in the last four years. And uh, some of these uh, username and passwords are being compromised. Well, well there, was, there was a big leak of all the data that was gathered. So right. that, was, that was the really, the big news was that this hack occurred and 68 million users' email addresses and passwords were taken but it's only recently that this data has been massively released actually from what i'm reading dropbox never said the passwords were also stolen the email addresses were, oh email really addresses were stolen it did not report that the passwords were stolen as well you're right i see that now yeah yeah and this so this is this was this is the first time that they're kind of owning up to the fact that well, the i don't think they have a choice now <laughs> if the data is out there <laughs> Yeah, you can't really just point at that and go, no, uh-uh. And, and it also mentioned how a lot of the passwords were encrypted with SHA-1, right? Yeah, uh, and this was during a, a an era in Dropbox where I'm sort of surprised they made it out of this because it was also disclosed at the time that the data which they had said was encrypted wasn't encrypted. It was just passing through an encryption layer, but mm. it was still being stored on clear text on servers, which was a big At problem. Yeah. yeah. So they really had a bad year in, in 2012, and it's unfortunate to see it making a comeback, especially since they didn't disclose that the passwords were compromised with the accounts, with the email addresses, and that the passwords were stored so poorly. Do you think there'll be any fallout from this? No. I don't I, either. Th- it's, this is something that I've sort of gotten used to on the internet, which is that when, when a company provides a service that everyone has gotten used to, they're bulletproof. Yeah. You know, if you think about when the MySpace to Facebook handover occurred, an eight-month period where everyone just left MySpace for Facebook, I haven't seen anything like that before then or since then. And that was minuscule in in comparison to the deployed user bases out now. You just don't see it. If you look at Reddit a year ago, they had massive publicity problems. They had huge, huge problems with their community. And everyone was saying, ah, screw this, screw this, we're moving to vote. We're moving to vote. And it was over in a week. No one cared. Mm-hmm. No one did it. Everyone's back on Reddit. You know, user base, when user base is your, is your monetization, then it's just going to stay that way. What's the lesson learned from this? Use a password oh, We manager. know it. Use, use a password oh my manager. God, use a password manager. And use two 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 factor authentication. As much as you can. Yes. Yes. I, I tell you what, I sleep better at night knowing that I uh, I have that. And change your passwords uh, too. Change them on a on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah, screw that. Nobody does that. Um <laughs> so you can actually quickly look up uh which security breaches might affect you or definitely affect you with a tool called haveibeenpwned.com 
That's P-W-N-E-D. And it just asks you to put in your email address. <laughs> Thanks. They're, they're and just your password. Your <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, this is run by a guy who really knows his stuff, uh, Troy Hunt. And yeah, it's a very helpful tool for knowing whether or not you need to go through a complete password wipe or not. All right, we'll be sure to include that link in the show notes as well. And I just shared a, a link to the world's biggest data breaches hacks. And it's a bubble graph showing all the the latest hacks. And I haven't looked at it in a couple of years, and it's grown tremendously. It's, it's really scary to look at. Yeah, I, like I always tell people when I do security work, getting hacked is an inevitability. Yeah. What you need to do is is secure your data as much as possible. Use a password limit, manager. Use a password manager. Limit the impact of the hack when it occurs, because it absolutely is going to occur to everybody. There is no absolute protection against it. Telegram? Despite Telegram's claim of super security, they've been hacked by a group called Rocky Kitten. It's <gasps> horrible. Voter database. Why is MySpace so big here? That, uh, I was wondering that same thing. <laughs> Because someone got everything from MySpace. But they're still relevant in 2016? No, they just have all the data still. 359 million records. Wow. eBay is pretty, pretty big here as well, as, back in t- 2015. Yeah, and that the 360 million or so records, that was in 2008. I love that Ashley Madison is on here. That's hilarious. Oh, me too. Uh, I might as well get change that <laughs> password. You know what the real fallout from the Ashley Madison hack was? What's that? Was all the guys realized that there were only guys as actual members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, not I, I saw the I saw the, the stats. Even yeah. though all of their all of their ads said that like they had half women. Yeah, no, they had accounts for women. They just didn't have any users. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Listen, we do this every goddamn week. We end the damn show on negative news. I hate you two. That you was two positive. We we're, were encouraging people to use a password manager. Yes. Also, All I right. think I think just the nature of news is that it's negative. All right, we'll end it on a positive note. PHP 7.1 release candidate 1 was released. Absolutely. That's positive. Locked in, feature complete. View view uh, 2.0 RC4 was released as well. Positive a note. A couple of, of releases moving us forward. There we go. That's fantastic. All right. So we're going to wrap it up with those two positive notes. You know YouTube is censoring people now? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are. That could be a positive. Um, if I can't be happy, that. no one can. <laughs> Listen next week for that exciting story. Exciting, yes. Okay, this has been another exciting episode of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Use a password manager. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.